Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the After Party, episode number 12, I believe. Really getting into this thing. So I finally did it, uh, and I couldn't do this for a while, but I'm recording this on the built-in internal microphones on the brand new 16-inch MacBook Pro. I said I was gonna do this a long time ago, but then my computer had to get sent back and all these things happened. So I got the new one back, and by the way, it hasn't had any issues in terms of freezes, restarts, whatever, still. So pretty excited about that. And yeah, I'm just using QuickTime right now. I didn't even know it could do this. I had to look up how to record podcast audio on a Mac because uh, this is not the usual way that I do this. Usually have a good high quality mic plugged into an actual external, external sound recorder and whatever. And that I'm pretty happy with the sound. I have no idea what this sounds like at the moment as I'm, I'm recording this. But I can say, I remember when this was announced and people started doing their first hands-on demos, how good it sounded to me because someone posted an iPhone audio sample, someone posted um, the MacBook sample and then a different mic. And, and I remember thinking, wow, that is actually really good. So I hope that this sounds good. I'm just recording this at home today, uh, actually in the basement. So there might be some background noise around. I, I really don't know. Hopefully not. I really don't know what to expect, but you let me know. And you can compare this really easily to the usual mic quality on the podcast just by playing the last episode or any of the previous episodes to see how it sounds versus the other episodes. Hopefully it's going to be passable. I don't expect it to be, to be better than the mic that I usually use um, at all, but I do expect it to be pretty good. And if I hadn't told you, I'm guessing that a lot of people probably wouldn't even have known. That's my guess, but we're going to see. There's a few new things that I want to mention uh, today before we jump too far into talking about what's been going on in the channel and with Apple news kind of stuff lately. Number one, uh, I got a new Apple watch band and you might think big deal. We've seen the videos, we know you have a lot. The thing is the bands that you see on the channel, those are not usually ones that I pick. Usually those are like a sponsor sends those to me and there have been some really cool ones. For instance, one of our sponsors band work has sent over several really amazing high quality straps. One of which was made from the leather of an old Porsche 911 and that was cool that's a special edition limited quantity it's cool but you know there's something about picking out your own thing versus having it sent to you and I've always ever since the Apple watch came out had my eye on the 44 millimeter black leather loop band the official band from Apple black leather loop and I've never bought it because it's not something like that I felt like I'm gonna buy that and it's $99. So instead I asked for it for Christmas this year. I didn't get it. I got some other amazing things, uh, but my wife surprised me <laughs> and got this for me for Valentine's. But why do I have it already? Cause it's not Valentine's yet. That's a good question. She ordered it from Apple and <laughs> somehow I started getting text messages. I think it's because somehow what she ordered is tied to my address or something, you know, our address. And I started getting text messages, your order's on the way. And I knew that I hadn't ordered anything from Apple and she never orders anything from Apple. And so I thought, did I get hacked or something? I was like, oh well. Or I thought maybe this is just from an old order and it just got resurfaced on accident or something. So I just kind of forgot about it. And then I got another text later that said, your order's been delivered. And I was like, what is going on? And I went out and there was a package and 
you know, it all is like it happened really fast, but then it was also kind of in slow motion. I picked it up. I said, "Hey, did you order something?" And then I saw the size of the package, and in my head, I kind of put it together. And she was really disappointed because she ordered it and she didn't expect them to be texting me because she didn't put anything from my account or information in there. And so she was disappointed because then kind of blew the surprise uh, for getting this. So just a warning, uh, I don't know how it happened, but if you're ordering something for your significant other, then that's some sort of fun, funky, unexpected glitch in the system. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I just don't know what. But anyways, so I knew what it was. She just gave it to me early, and I do love it. It is absolutely, it lives up to the expectations that I had for it. Because not only is it really cool, the clasp is magnetic. I know this has been out for a while, and I'm sure lots of people already have it. Um, but it's just like wearing a, a piece of art on the wrist. The Apple Watch is already pretty cool, but I feel like, there's just it's kind of like a sculpture it's so high design concept quality that it's just fun and, and the magnet clasp is really really fun too it's different i really like it and it looks great and it's also kind of subtle too if you didn't look close you might not really realize that it's a different special band uh, but i like it anyways it's new it's here and it's great Something else that's new that I should mention, I haven't formally welcomed uh, this person to the team yet, but we have a new team member. They've been with us for a little while. The name is Fabio. Uh, he's a Brazilian, currently living in Canada, working with us uh, on the sponsorships for the channel. And he has been doing some really great work for us. I don't know, can you guys hear this? I'm kind of messing with the mouse on the, in touching the, the Mac a little bit, the keys here and there, because I'm looking at the screen and it'd be interesting to know if that's picking up in the mics. But anyways, uh, Fabio's with us and he's been doing some great work um, putting together some deals. So mostly this is just a shout out to welcome Fabio and say thank you for the hard work. You guys probably don't realize, uh, a lot of people out there are like, oh man, I have to deal with an ad on this video. I just wanna see the content, I don't want the ad. And I understand that because when I'm watching sports, right, unless it's the Super Bowl and the ads can be kind of funny, I'm in the same mind. Like, I don't want to see the ads. And I usually just mute the commercials because I don't even want to hear them and they're always louder than the content. The ads are annoying. I, I understand. It would, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have to deal with ads. But if you're going to have ads, you want to have ads that at least are useful to the audience. And I feel like that's something that we try really hard to do here at Daily Tech. And I don't feel like necessarily all channels do that. There's, a, there's plenty of channels out there that will just take a sponsor just because it means more money. And it could be so loosely related or not even related to the kind of content that they produce that the audience, there's no way they're gonna get any value out of that. And it is just gonna be annoying. So hopefully you guys see that, you know, the, the type of ads and sponsorships that we do and the way that we do them, we try to make it as useful and non-intrusive as possible. Still, somebody always complains. But anyways, that's our mindset. So this was kind of an interesting week in terms of content. I ended up making two Apple Watch videos, and it's really weird. I told you guys last week that I made three videos that ranked number one in terms of our last 10 videos. Really excited. Traditionally, on the channel, iPad and Apple Watch content tends to do the best. Now, technically, for Apple-related content, a Mac video, Mac apps video, 
has the most views of any Apple-related content on the channel. It's creeping up on a million views. But statistically, when I've plugged in all the numbers, and that's something that I do frequently, I stick everything into a spreadsheet and look at it. It's the iPad and the Apple Watch content that people seem to enjoy the most in terms of views and watch time. So as a creator, I was thinking this week, it has the potential to be a good week again because it's going to be two Apple Watch videos. The first video was, I, I was going to redo, like do a, an Apple Watch Series 5 re-review X months later, however many month, months it's been since it came out, because I've done that before. But a lot of people do that. And there is value to that. But I wanted to do something, I got a little bit bored with that. And I thought maybe you guys would be too. And I want to try something a little bit different. And so I said, what can I do this different? I, I, I'm gonna pretend like the Apple Watch Pro, which is something that could maybe theoretically come out sometime, is out and that I'm reviewing it. And that's what I did, I ran with that concept. And number one, it started out uh, really high in the views and then it kind of fell off as people realized that it wasn't a real thing. That's always kind of frustrating because you, you put a lot of hard work into it. Get you know, good B-roll to kind of illustrate what you're talking about, put some thought into the concept for this thing that doesn't exist, but kind of a wish list for what you think would be cool in a pro model. And anyways, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't appreciate it, number one. Um, and I can understand that. A lot of people said that they just bought the new Apple Watch or they were, they were getting it like this week and they were gonna be upset that it was already out of date. I know that feeling and I don't like that feeling. And so if I actually contributed to some people's anxiety over that with that video, then I apologize. That was certainly not what I meant to do. I, from a creator's perspective, I was just trying to give people something interesting for their brains to chew on and think about. And a lot of people did appreciate it. So it's just like any video. Some, some people are gonna like it, some people aren't. Some people are gonna get something out of it, some people won't. And oftentimes I found that the negative comments hit when the channel's growing and when it's not the normal, usual audience that's checking out the videos. When it's people who have never encountered Daily Tech before, that's usually when the negative comments kind of come in. And then as those people integrate into the community and know what to expect, it's typically a, a really healthy, good community. So I don't know, I, I, I still think it was an interesting video, even though I can tell it's clearly not gonna be the top video on the channel, either <laughs> for the week, month, year, whatever, but it's still worth checking out. If you're interested in what could be coming for the Apple Watch, I talk about how they could integrate a camera and what that would be like. And that would be like the main feature for me because when I think about leaving the house without my iPhone, what I'm really leaving behind is my camera. And that's the main reason why I don't like to do that. The other Apple Watch video was an Apple Watch apps video, which traditionally has done really well on the channel. And I have like a checklist of things that I try to check off. Is the intro not too long on this video? Do I get right into the main points? And is there good B-roll? And all these things, even down to the time length, how, how long is the video and what on average on our channel does well. And the video just, it didn't do as good as other Apple Watch app videos. And maybe it's the apps or the length, I don't know. But I was kind of disappointed in the output this week in terms of not connecting with the audience as much as I had hoped. So if you hear this and you wanna make Chris's day, Go check out the content that we made this week because I think it was really good. 
Okay, well, uh, let's get into some Apple news because I know that's what you guys are mainly here for. And let's start with the fact that Google is finally coming out with their own version of AirDrop for Android users. When I think about the Apple ecosystem, especially the iPhone and the Mac, and it works with the iPad as well, but in my workflow, I depend on Air, AirDrop so much. I don't know how many times I use it for every video that I make. Usually, well, I use it for lots of things, whether I'm sending a document to somebody else on the team that needs to be signed or reviewed, or whether I've taken some really high quality video on the iPhone and I need to stick that into a, a video, uh, into an edit. It's just so convenient. And it's been out for a long time. I don't know how long it's been out, but I can't imagine not having AirDrop. And when I think of the Apple ecosystem, it's just one of the top things that I've loved. And so it's understandable, obviously, why Google would want to replicate that. I'm kind of just surprised that it would take so long, honestly. And I'm not at all like, there's no, I don't care if somebody wants to like Android or Windows or whatever. That's, you guys know me. I'm happy for people to like what they like. I just happen to use Apple stuff. And frankly, it's such a great feature. I'm excited for other people to start being able to use something like it because it's that good. So apparently this is going to be, there was some old feature called Fast Share from Google, and this is going to be called Nearby Sharing. And this was detected by some people digging through some some code and, and stuff before it was actually announced on the Pixel 2 XL and the Google Pixel 4, which is running on Android 10. So they made a video about it and the demos sharing photos, sharing videos, it has a few kinks that need to get ironed out. But this is the kind of thing though that I wanna see more of from Apple. Stuff that is so good that other people need to copy it, wanna copy it. And AirDrop is just one of the best things that Apple ever did. There's a report that came out and everyone covered it. I'm not sure who covered it first. I'm looking at a Verge article right now talking about some of the upcoming uh, products that we could see from Apple this year. And of course the big one, well, the biggest news, the, the thing that people seem to at least cover the most is the new tile tag tracker alternative. So I'm sure you're familiar with it, but if you're not, there's these little Bluetooth wireless uh, tile trackers. Tile's kind of the main company. There's some other ones, Chipolo and just a billion of them. And you can stick them in your wallet, put it on your keychain. Sometimes it's built into the keychain. I had one like that and it didn't work very well. And it just helps you keep track of stuff. But the downside is when it runs out of battery, then you're out of luck. And I that's why I quit using them because I couldn't remember or didn't care, or didn't have the energy or time to replace the batteries. So it's a really great idea that never fully launched for me in my own personal life and ecosystem. So I'm saying, yeah. if Apple does come out with this, it's kind of exciting for me. I understand Tile as a company is gonna be upset and is upset and is testifying before Congress because they feel like Apple's anti-competitive here and I'm not gonna delve into that because I don't know enough about it to say whether that's true or not. But the idea of it, coming from Apple does seem cool because I wonder if they could fix that problem about the charging and have a better way to ensure that you always have enough battery. And on top of that, Apple just tends to have really great design. And so, and concepts. Maybe there will be some kind of, not airdrop, because it wouldn't make sense for this, but 
that kind of a feature on that level that's just really cool, really useful, really mind-blowing that Apple can put in here that Tile can't. I don't know. Uh, I'm just excited. If it just turns out to be a shot-for-shot -shot copy of basically what Tile put out, that's not going to be interesting. So, And I wouldn't expect Apple to launch with that. So I'm, I'm interested. There's so many rumors. I, I just can't see it not coming out, whatever this is going to be. And I'm interested to see what Apple can do with it. So on top of that, we could also end up seeing a new high-end set of headphones from Apple. That's something that I think we've even talked about here on, on the channel before, or on the podcast. And that'd be cool, I think. people. My question is, what can they do different from the Beats Solo Pros, other than design? Because those basically are AirPods, but with noise canceling and everything, with the same kind of chip inside, convenience, just in over-ear form factor or actually on ear, I would say. So I don't know what Apple's gonna do to differentiate from the Beats Solo Pros if they do come out with this other than design, and maybe that's enough. Maybe there's some people who would just buy Apple branded headphones over Beats branded headphones. I don't know, probably, but is that a big enough market segment to make sense? I don't know. But I'm kind of interested in that too, just to see would that be cool, what would be different. I would expect it to be more like the new Bose, is it the 300s? I'm not sure what the model number is. Um, I was a big Bose user for a long time, the QC35Ts. Those were great, convenient. Um, but then I got the Beat Solar Pros, and those have kind of replaced those for me, even though I wouldn't say they're as comfortable, maybe, to wear for long periods of time. If you wear them for an hour or two, fine. If I wear them for too long, then I start to get some ear fatigue and maybe switch over to the AirPods. But I really like that when you just unfold them, they turn on, that's great. Um, the convenience of connecting them really quickly through the Bluetooth menu on my Mac, or then I can have a shortcut too. It's one of my main shortcuts. People always ask me about on my iPad and on my iPhone, just to connect my AirPods and my Beats Solar Pros really quickly. So they're amazing, the technology. But I would expect if Apple did come out with something to kind of they would target the new noise-canceling bows. I think they're the 300s, which are pretty expensive. I think they're like 350 bucks. And so I'm just, I'm curious what they would do. So that that's pretty exciting for me too. I'm, I feel like I'm a little out of it. If I sound weird on this podcast, it's because I didn't get a single hour of sleep last night. I was kind of sick and just kind of not feeling good. And which of course, this morning, I haven't had any coffee either, or just on the heels of that. And if I don't have coffee, that's just weird. You guys know that. So if I sound weird, that's why. Something else that could be coming down up the pipeline this year would be uh, the iPad Pro update, refresh. Of course, right now we have a 2018 model. It was announced then. It's still great. Uh, it's something that I use extensively all the time. More and more, I'm using it for sidecar. But uh, I just, I think, actually last night, well, I couldn't sleep. I got up and did some notes in Apple Notes. And with the Apple Pencil, it was great. It was amazing. It was so good. And so I'm excited if that, I've been waiting for that specifically to come out with a refresh for that. And I think this year I'll probably go with the larger model because I have been using it with Sidecar, which lets me use it as an extra screen for my Mac setup. And so predominantly, I, I want that extra space at my desk setup. So I'm probably gonna go bigger this year with the Pro. And then next year, I'm sure I'll go back to the smaller size. I'll be like, this is too big, and I can't take it with me anywhere. Uh, but whatever, that's just how it goes. People are talking about maybe getting a 14-inch MacBook Pro that has all the bells and whistles of the new 16-inch MacBook Pro, and that, that'd be cool. 
Um, there's certain people who would absolutely love that. I tend to like the smaller form factor of things by default because it tends to be more portable and I like that. But as a creator and a video producer in particular, the 16 inch just made more sense because I did want that extra power and screen size and whatever. And also we could see that cheaper iPhone. I already talked about it last podcast. I'm not going to get into that too. And interestingly, rumors have started popping up recently here that Apple's coming out with some sort of air power replacement, which would be interesting. Because on the one hand, there's so many really good air power alternatives out there now. They don't do exactly what air power did. Air power was going to let you just place a, any device anywhere on this pad and it would charge all three things, you know, your iPhone, your Apple Watch, and your AirPods all at once, put them anywhere and that's fine cuz most of the tri chargers that had been out previously or announced before Apple announced that, you there's a specific spot for each thing and if you didn't hit that target, it's not going to charge. So it would have been kind of cool. And now there's some pretty good alternatives that will charge all three of those devices. Um, I've got a really great one from Sateki right now. I forget what the other one is that looks, that tried to look like the AirPower too. I've got that one and it's okay. I've had a few issues with it actually charging consistently, so I don't use it very often. But at this point, being kind of late to the game, what could Apple do that would be really cool and, and different than what's already out there? I don't know, but if they're thinking about it, they must have something in mind and if not it's probably just a blatant money grab because people will just be at the apple store and they'll get a new phone and they'll say well apple stuff is probably better than third party stuff and they may be right in many cases in most cases and although i'm sure it's going to be more expensive than the third party too and maybe it's just a super easy way for apple to make some extra money hopefully not hopefully there's a really innovative feature in there we'll see Also new this week, Apple finally finished rolling out all the brand new Apple Maps updates. And so that was something that started, uh, I think in California, kind of rolled out across the country. And now I think it's, now that it's all over the US, it's gonna start rolling out to different places in the world. And I've been using it for a while. And this is actually, uh, Maps on the one hand is really boring, but what would you do without it? You know, any, any of the map apps. We rely on them, we need them, they're convenient. And this iteration, Apple's iteration, is great. Google Maps is like the leader of mapping stuff for a reason, because they're really convenient and the features that they built were really nice. And this version of Apple Maps brings them really close um, in terms of feature parity to what uh, what Google's been doing. And, and there's some nice touches in there too. And by the way, why would you even use Apple Maps over the Google Maps? Well, for privacy, right? I'm not gonna get into that whole can of worms today either. But needless to say, if you don't want to be tracked everywhere that you go, although, you know what, Google and Facebook probably find some way to get it anyways, uh, but then you would use Apple Maps. And maybe you just like using Apple stuff, keeping it all Apple anyways, whatever. The feature that I really like though, is the ability to create a collection of places. So I've, I've used this several times. Like the family's gonna go down to Denver and have a fun day. So I load up, of the favorite coffee shop that's going to be in the area in that particular neighborhood and we just did this in the last week we went to the putt putt golf place that was really awesome indoor i think it's called urban putt and i think there's one in california too really cool old building you go inside pay i've talked about this on the last podcast pay with uh everything it was just apple pay right off the watch it was really cool glow in the dark uh local landmarks for each of the holes Uh, mixed with some really creative ones. So, um, 
But anyways, mark that, mark the coffee, mark a place to eat, and maybe some other thing that we're gonna do, like four things, put it into a collection, call it Denver Fun Day or something, and then it's all there and you don't have to keep looking stuff up, either using Siri or just typing it in, it's all right there. And then it works great too on Apple Maps in your car. So I really like that. And then of course, the best thing about Google Maps almost for me always has been just the street view and being able to be somewhere that I'm not. And when I'm doing research for travel and I wanna see the outside of the hotel or going to an event and I wanna kind of explore around, see what's there, not just from top down with labels, but actually see it, then Google Maps was the go-to. But now Apple's gone around, they've got some really high-res images and kind of a, they've improved street Google Street View a little bit. It's not a major improvement, but uh, it's really high quality and then it's it's smoother if you're going down a road at the transition kind of flows a little better you're you're floating down nicer than it's not so abrupt which probably isn't going to be too hard for google to just algorithm algorithmically fix that's a big word without coffee in the morning and no sleep so that's good i mean competition is good and you want the core features of things to be as good in the apple ecosystem as they are elsewhere and this is just a really important update so i'm excited for all the people that haven't tried it yet to get their hands on it and like it Here's something that's really interesting to me. I saw a headline that said iPads are flying off store shelves. This is from Cult of Mac. And you remember I just talked about earlier how iPad content is basically the most popular content by volume of videos and views that I make on the channel. And so I was obviously interested in this. And it says Apple uh, has a real hit on their hands with the 10.2 inch iPad that it launched last fall. So the base default iPad, not the Pro, just the cheaper entry level, but yet re really nice in terms of features, iPad. So that 10.2 inch iPad helped push Apple to a 22.7% year over year increase in tablet shipments last quarter. That's pretty crazy. That's a huge increase. And you know, there's this whole debate, Mac versus iPad, tablet versus laptop, and can the iPad replace the Mac and whatever, and is it even good? And, and should the Mac have a touch screen? and whatever. So what this information is telling us is that people really want an iPad. And it doesn't have to be the top of the line iPad, they just want the iPad experience. And now that iPad OS does so much and you can get it at that lower price point, it's really, there's very little really that distinguishes in, in some ways the iPad Pro from just a regular iPad, the 10.2 inch because you can multitask, you can add a keyboard. It's really about aesthetics and yes, power. There is the power thing, but it's more about aesthetics because you can do just about everything that you can do on the Pro on the other iPad. It's just one's gonna stay faster and look better for longer. And this just brings up a really good point. What is the competition for an iPad? I know that there's a Galaxy Tab. I know Google has tried to do the tablet thing, but you never hear about those tablets. Technically, they exist, other tablets, but it's like rollerblades. Everyone, when I grew up, there was other inline skating companies, but everyone called it rollerblades. Well, people just call tablets iPads because it's the predominant, heavyweight, best, most useful thing in that space, the iPad. What's the iPad competition, realistically? I guess, I guess Lenovo probably is the biggest competition. I think they're the only other tablet uh, manufacturer that saw an increase in shipments in the same quarter. 
but they only have an increase of 8.3%. That's not 22%, and they're only selling 2.5 million units. That's a lot, but it doesn't even come close to touching iPad sales. So you can expect some more iPad content from Daily Tech, I think, to help all these new iPad owners out. Here's another headline that kind of caught my eye. It said Apple TV added 11 new underwater video screensavers to the Apple TV. Now, I'm not gonna complain about that. I'm glad that those are there. I like looking at them, you know, cause the Apple TVs, I, that's, that's definitely something that I use every day. We've got two just in the house. I got one in the studio and yeah, I'm constantly using it. So when I, when it's in kind of that in between mode, when I've turned it on, but I haven't picked something, doing other stuff and come back, it's nice to see. It's, it's some art, it's moving, it's high quality. It's not moving like, oh, move my soul. It's, it's moving in motion in here. And variety is awesome. More variety is great. Cause for a while there, it was all the space flyovers and it was getting a little bit boring to be honest. So I'm glad that there's more. Here's my big question, okay? Why can't the Apple TV team share these amazing screensavers with the Mac team? <laughs> because we did get a new screensaver for the Mac called Drift. I accidentally called it Drifts in the last video that I mentioned it in, but Drift, it's on Catalina, it's free, it's great, it's nice, I do like it, it looks good on my triple screen setup with the ultra wide with the Mac and then with the iPad and with Sidecar, I like it. But I got to thinking, why can't we have these screens there? Apple has them. Why can't we have them and why can't we choose which ones we wanna see as a screensaver on other Apple devices? And I think the answer is they want the Apple TV very little sets the Apple TV apart from other things these days. I mean, TVs have an Apple TV app to pipe in Apple content. And I mean, there, there are reasons to have an Apple TV box. And that's actually something on my list I need to make a video about is Apple TV tips and, and favorite apps because I haven't covered the Apple TV box in a very long time. And I think there's probably pent up demand for people wanting to get more out of that box. There's a lot of Apple TVs sitting around out there. So that's not my radar is coming up sometime soon, but I'm just saying, I just wish they look so good. I, I can't imagine how cool that would look on my desk, um, especially if they could make it work with different monitor sizes and stuff. That, it would just be cool. I wish that they would. It's a neglected space over on the Mac side. And I've talked about this before and people are probably like, it doesn't matter, just get to the next segment. But for me, a, a sizable portion of the day, I'm, I'm at, in the office anyways, around my Mac, but. I haven't used it for a while and the screensaver's on and it adds an ambiance to, it, you know, it adds to the atmosphere, whatever the screensaver is. And for a while I went ultra minimal and I had this really great clock. I think it was called Padbury clock. Everyone asked about it. What's that clock screensaver? Padbury clock. And it's nice, you know, but there's just a wasted opportunity to make one of your spaces a lot cooler with the, something, it doesn't have to be this but something else aside from just the traditional when i was in grade school we this is a long time ago now i know there was this kind of vectory triangle-y i don't know what it was called screensaver and it was on all the computers at school and this you know triangles would morph and bounce off the edges and it feels like screensavers really got stuck in that kind of it has to be a generated motiony graphic type of thing but Apple did something totally different on the Apple TV, and I just wish that they would pay a little bit of attention, the Mac team, to the screensavers and selection option for Mac people, that's all. Enough 
enough about that. I guess the last thing that I just want to comment on here before I get out of here, because it's a stretch to be doing this today and not feeling too good. No, no coffee, but I also have a haircut coming up, so I gotta get out of here. The last thing I want to comment on is just the HomePod, because I was gonna make a HomePod video this week after the two Apple Watch videos. This is something that I felt has been a little bit neglected too. Just the HomePod, kind of like the Apple TV on the channel. And here's the thing, I. I really like the HomePod. It's one of my favorite Apple devices when it comes down to it because it does sound amazing. And if you've never experienced it, it does have audiophile sound quality. I know a lot of people that have HomePods and that love HomePods. And I, I've some people that have been skeptical and I, one person I almost forced to buy it. I literally took them to Best Buy and <laughs> urged them to get the, the HomePod and they did and it sat in the box forever for weeks. I finally went over and helped set it up. And once it was up and running, it sounds like they love it. They really like it, they use it all the time. And I don't think they touch their other speakers that um, they have that have been nice, portable speakers ever since getting it. And, but here's the thing, there's two things with it. Number one, it's just been pretty expensive, I think, for the market because you have Alexa and Google products um, just coming out and undercutting on, on the price front. And for a lot of people, it's just about the smart aspect of the speaker. And in most people's brains, probably, that are shopping for a smart speaker, they want the smartest speaker they can get, and the smartest speaker they can get is one that doesn't watch out for your privacy, but instead mines your data so that it can be smarter and provide a more um, magical, smarter experience for you in terms of what it can, the, the kinds of requests that it can handle, for instance. And Alexa and Google still at the moment have Apple Beat in that department. But of course, everything has a price and a trade-off. And if you care about your privacy, and there's a reason Apple marketed it as a music first experience. But honestly, it's something that I use every day. And just like you, if you have a HomePod, yes, I'm annoyed by how many times Siri pops on when it's not supposed to be part of the conversation and starts either playing a song that I didn't request or got the, the request wrong or says, yes, can I help you? Or I didn't catch that because it I wasn't even talking to it and it started, uh, it was eavesdropping and thought that I was talking to it. But, but that's a minor thing for me. And I, I know that Siri is only going to improve over time, but it's been so convenient. And the HomePod does so many things that people don't even realize. You can take a call on it. I don't think people, most people realize that. You can text with it. I don't think pe most people realize that. There's a really great handoff feature that recently came with the latest update. So you're listening to music in your car and you hop out and you come inside, you tap your phone next to the HomePod and it picks up right where it left off when, when you're in the car. It's really, the HomePod is an amazing thing. And by the way, it can do it can control your uh, smart home stuff too, all without hopefully compromising your privacy. Now, of course, there was recently a debacle with Apple uh, and Siri and recording those things to quote unquote grade how Siri handled your responses, and that was a bit of a debacle. But that should be taken care of now because someone whistle blew, <laughs> brought it to light. And so what, and I can tell the Apple's taking action on that because when I got the new replacement for my MacBook Pro and I was setting it up, there's a question right there in the initial setup screen that said, do you want to send Apple your recordings, your Siri recordings to improve the service? And I said, no. 
And it's funny because by me saying no, I'm not helping to improve the Siri experience. But the thing is Google and Alexa, they don't ask you that. And for instance, Google tracks, if you're using Gmail, this is just one example of, of privacy invasion. If you use Gmail, they mine all your emails to see your purchase history. You can go in and imagine the profile that they can build on you. And then, and then they buy anonymized data from, I think it was MasterCard. I don't remember what the credit card company is. And they combine it with the information that they already have on you because anonymized data is really not anonymous. There's been plenty of studies that show that. Uh, it's very, someone like Google can de-anonymize it or the government. But anyways, they will mine that information, get your purchase history, and then to delete those, you can't batch delete all the uh, information about your purchase history in Gmail. You have to go email by email to do that. It's a big pain, and they, it's a pain on purpose because they don't want to lose that information. All this to say, the HomePod, it's not a perfect smart home speaker, but I really enjoy using it. And I probably will still make a video about it with some tips and tricks to help people. Um, sometimes it's just not as motivating. You know certain subjects are not gonna be really popular on the channel, just to be honest. And uh, and it's not motivating to sit there and get really great B-roll and great looking footage and put a lot of effort into it if it's not gonna get promoted in the algorithm because it didn't get a lot of initial views and people weren't watching it very long, you know what I mean? But it's still something that I want to cover because I'm interested in it. And that's really what Daily Tech is all about. It's a reflection of me and my personal interests in technology. It sounds like, and I wouldn't be surprised, Apple's coming out with a smaller version that's maybe gonna cost a little bit less. I've seen it on sale down to like 200 bucks and I've wanted to get a second one. I would have one all over the house, honestly. I would have one on my desk, one in the kitchen, and then two in the living room by the TV and one in the studio. <laughs> Um, for the but for the TV for that stereo sound though that's something I haven't tried you guys probably think like Chris he's all into Apple and he's tried all stuff I mean I just got this one Apple watch band that I've never tried it's been out forever and I haven't ever tried paired home pods you know there's a lot that I haven't done yet well that's gonna do it uh, my timer is going off actually right now is perfect timing telling me wrap it up so you can head out and don't miss your haircut um, let me know somehow on Twitter or something at Daily Tech, spelled Daily T-E-K-K, -K, how this sounded, how what you thought of the sound quality. I'm glad we finally got around to testing out these quote-unquote podcast quality mics on the new 6-inch MacBook Pro, which supposedly could be coming to the 14-inch soon. So thanks for watching. I'll catch you in the next podcast and or video, hopefully. And until next time, later.